RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy, joined as always by my cohort, Justin Watson, and we are finally back to fight week here. Of course, it is Valor Fighting Challenge 72 going down this Friday night, September the 4th, from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. And tonight is Picks Panel, which is uh, what we, we know you're always looking forward to. That'll be our main segment in the show. Uh, before that, we're going to talk to both members of our uh our main event in next week's Valor 73 card down in Chattanooga. We're going to talk to both Jason King and Greg Hopkins tonight. Uh, Greg will stay on and do picks as usual. But we're going to uh, talk to both of those guys ahead of their uh, welterweight professional title fight in Chattanooga next week. Um, but before that, Justin, we've got some uh, some housekeeping to do here. Of course, last week was another UFC Vegas card, and uh, this one uh, headlined by Anthony Smith versus Alexander Rockic. Not the most, uh, you know, not the most aesthetically pleasing main event, I would say. We was a very dominant performance from Alexander Rockic, who really just stifled Anthony Smith. I think he landed like nine or eight significant strikes over the course of three rounds. Would have liked to have seen a fi- uh, finish from Rockage, honestly, though. And, you know, he's calling for a title fight afterward. Don't know if he showed me enough there to, to you know, jump jump the line. How about you? Yeah, I agree. I expected a lot more out of Anthony Smith. I thought it was going to be a much closer fight. But Rockage, you know, controlled the distance. And then when they got to the ground, he was a much bigger guy there. Um, Anthony Johnson, I mean, Anthony Smith is, is really good off of his back. But Rockage was able to use enough pressure to keep him, you know, from, from throwing too much up. And he was watching when the arm bars and triangles came up, he was, he was ready for him and shucked him off. And, um, I mean, he did a great job controlling the fight one, uh, you know, convincingly, but, um, but I'm with you. I mean, I feel like he had plenty of opportunity to finish the fight, especially stopping, uh, there at the end was, you know, I, I think he should have stood up with a minute to go and, and finish the fight off. I think Anthony Smith's leg was highly compromised, uh, but being on the ground was allowing him to, to survive. If he would have made him stand up, I think he could he could have finished the fight pretty easily. So I think it's just uh, maybe a, just a, the inexperience um, and maybe something he'll get better at, but he'll have to, he'll have to trim that up uh, moving forward. And then in the uh, co-main event, of course, we had Neil Magny taking on uh, ruthless Robbie Lawler, uh, who has become, you know, almost a bit of a shell of his uh, former self. Uh, not able to stay busy enough to keep uh, Magny on the back foot. Magny able to to earn a workmanlike unanimous decision uh, as a pretty heavy favorite here. Yeah, man, that was a beautiful performance by Magny. It's sad to see the way Robbie's performances have been lately, but Magny put on a spectacular performance, pressed him the whole time, um, used his distance well. Uh, closed the distance well. He was all over him. Um, just a phenomenal fight. What do you think we uh, see from Lawler now? You think is it the uh, the end of the road, or is he just kind of settling into gatekeeper mode, where he gets at least like matchups against the guys that are uh, contenders that will give him the type fights that he needs, uh, you know, to to put on an entertaining fight. It's a tough spot because 
you know, the, the ideal thing is just give him big fights, just give him big names. He's got a big name. Um, just give him big money fights. Let him main event some uh, fight nights, you know, a couple more and, and ride out into the sunset. But coming off of three or four losses, it's even hard to sell that. You know, who are you going to put him in there with? You can't, like, had he won this fight or, or you know, been more competitive, had he won one of the other fights, maybe he, you could throw him in there with a Nick Diaz or somebody, you know, for a rematch to sell a big fight like that. But coming off of all these losses, it just puts him in a tough spot. Um, I feel like he's going to probably just be used now to, to feed the, the up and coming lions. Maybe similar to uh role Anthony Smith may, uh, maybe settling into sooner than later. You think very similar, uh, highly possible because both guys don't want to, I don't think either guy wants to walk away. I think they, um, I think they'll stick around for three or four more fights at least. And it probably won't be very pretty. Feature bout was the uh, flyweight debut of Alexa Grasso. Thought she may have some problems with the size of uh, Ji-Yoon Kim, uh, who's pretty, you know, was sizably bigger, noticeably bigger, I thought. But, uh, you know, Grasso was able to find her range. First round was a little hairy. Kim was tagging her up pretty good uh, in the first round. But once Grasso found her range, she was able to outwork her for a unanimous decision. You think Grasso will be a player at 125 or is it too early to tell? Yeah, I do think so. I, mean, I think that Grosso is a top-level striker, um, especially in, in a weight class that's not super stacked. Um, you know, moving up, and Kim was looking for one shot. I mean, she, especially later in the second and third round, she knew her only chance was to finish the fight, and Grosso was just picking her apart, wasn't there to get hit. Um, I think she looked great, and yeah, I think she moves quickly up into the into the top echelon of this weight class. Leading off the main card, of course, uh, we had a, another cancellation. Uh, we were hoping to see, uh, you know, the people's main event, uh, you know, uh, with uh, Jan Kudalabra uh, and taking on uh, Magomed Ankalaev, but uh, Kudalabra tested positive for COVID again. So that was off. That was heartbreaking to myself. Uh, but Ricardo Lamas uh, put on a great performance, kind of digging deep. You know, I, it was possibly one-to-one going to the third round against a very tough and big Bill, Bill Algeo who wasn't starstruck. It didn't seem like by, by Lamas, not to say Lamas is like a, you know, uh, some kind of legend or anything, but certainly a well-traveled, respected veteran at 145 and Algeo just took it to him. But third round, Lamas able to dig deep, kind of, you know, rely on that veteran savvy and, uh, and salvage a decision. Yeah. I was very surprised with Algeo's, composure in there because to me i mean a guy like lamas you know in the past few years he's he's fallen off a little bit but he is to me a legend i mean he's been around in the wec and he's been fighting the top guys and he's been perennial top five or six you know as long as you can remember him algeo came in there and brought him the fight it was much much closer than i expected it to be um lamas you know was able to to withstand it and come out on top uh, had a good third round to to finish it off and um, but it was a super close fight. I don't think Algeo lost any stock. I definitely feel like we'll see him again uh, much sooner than later. Are we going to see ever this Ankalaev and Kudalabra fight, or you think they'll eventually they'll just kind of let it go? It's the new Khabib and Ferguson. Yeah, obviously, man. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, uh, prelims, uh, Impa Kasanganai, fresh off its contender series win, takes a unanimous decision win over Maki Patolo. Really kind of fought Maki's fight. I thought if Impa was going to win, he was going to take him down and grind him, and I certainly could have seen that path to victory, but I certainly didn't expect him to just stand and strike with him the whole time and outstrike him. So uh, really, really solid win for uh, for Impa there. Uh, Zach Cummings uh, with a unanimous decision win over Alessio, Alessio DiCurico. I was on the wrong side of that one. Um, and man, it was a close fight. Not, not, uh, you know, there was a, a head kick knockdown almost out at the very end of the fight that very literally could have been the difference maker, uh, in how that one was scored. Alex Caceres, a dominant win over late replacement Austin Springer, who was, uh, coming in on short notice, the, uh, third opponent, I believe it was of the week for Caceres cut his hair i noticed uh and man springer just i remember him on tough and i remember thinking then that he wasn't on the level he didn't belong and, and he didn't do much to uh, change my mind here in this one yeah so last week you and i both said zach cummings but not very convicted you know and mm-hmm. i i was with you i went uh the to, to carry that night yeah or, yeah and so um but yeah cummings i thought he looked good man he's got a a hell of a chin. He, I think he could have utilized his wrestling and won that fight um, easier. But uh, for whatever reason, he wanted to stand up, and he showed that he could he could do that too. You know, and that head kick at the end, um, Alessio was was on. You know, he was in a bad way. I mean, he couldn't stay up, getting to his corner. He fell a couple times. Um, but I thought it was a good win for Zach Cummings. I agree totally with the Maki Patolo um, and I fight. You know, I thought. The same thing that Kasong and I could make this a long night for Patolo, just picking him up and putting him down over and over again. And that's not what he decided to do. He went out there and outstruck him and pressed him against the cage and landed some big shots and showed that, you know, he can take a shot for himself, too. So uh, I thought it was a, a good performance for him. Uh, Austin Springer, you know, that's kind of what I was expecting um, to the uh, the Algea fight to kind of look like, you know, I thought that Springer was just kind of. Um, in all of, of where he was at a little bit, um, didn't, wasn't, just wasn't moving much, you know, wasn't coming forward and, and pushing the action in the right ways. And Caceres picked him apart pretty easy. The uh, first three prelims, of course, we had Sean Brady staying undefeated. Uh, the largest, uh, he was the largest favorite on the card uh, with a, uh, a second round guillotine of Christian Aguilera. He put him to sleep there. Uh, Brady's man, he's solid. He's uh 13 and 0 now and, and a beast. Uh, Pollyanna Viana with a first round arm bar from guard, which is something it seems like we see a lot nowadays from these females, uh, especially on the lower end of the card. Uh, she uh, defeats Emily Whitmire, uh, with she needed that win. That both those girls needed that win, and neither and you know, Viana, you know, she she snatched it. And then, um, man, probably five of the night, right? Well, Algeo and Lamas is really good too, but Mal. Martin with a second round rear naked choke over Hannah Cyphers. Cyphers so close to victory in the first round. Almost had Martin knocked out, but uh, Martin survived and Cyphers kind of blew her load there in that first round. Didn't have anything left in the second. Yeah, so I missed the first two fights. I just got to see the highlights, but I saw Cyphers just running her down in the first round, throwing shots, and then, uh, like you said, Mallory picked it up in the second round and got the submission. Um, Pollyanna Vienna, you know, like you said, she needed the win. Um, Sean Brady, I think that I think that was a good show for him because he was put through some adversity. I mean, I don't I don't think that was an easy fight for him. He looked good, 
but he did face some adversity. He took some big shots. Um, he landed some big shots that Aguilera was able to walk through. Um, Aguilera did, you know, survive a couple of submission attempts, at least one other one. Um, so just to, just to show that he had the, the, you know, the will to push through and, and keep fighting through the adversity, I think was a good look for him as well. That'll do it for UFC Vegas 8. It's in the books. Looking forward now to UFC Vegas 9. That's going down this Saturday night. And uh, it looks like is this is another ESPN Plus card, it looks like. And it's had a lot of changes, it seems. Uh, I think we're at 10 bouts still as of right now. Uh, but there have been, has been some changes. Uh, looking at the prelims, uh, we've got Brian Keller taking on Kevin Nativi Dodd. At, uh, that's a featherweight bout, mind you now. Uh, I think both these guys typically campaign at Bantamweight. And uh, Ricky Simone originally supposed to fight Kelleher. He uh, was removed after his cornerman had the COVID. So uh, now he'll fight a newcomer, Kevin Natiti Dodd. We've got Cole Smith taking on Hunter Azure in a battle of once-beaten bantamweights. Uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima takes on Alexander Romanov, who's undefeated Moldavian uh, heavyweight in, uh, in a battle of what could be, you know, Two very low-level heavyweights, it looks like. Uh, Montana De La Rosa takes on Vivian Arujal, who uh, now Montana De La Rosa was originally supposed to fight Marina Moroz. So Vivian is a uh, she is a elite replacement herself. And we've got uh, Bartos Fabinski, uh, the wet blanket himself, taking on Andre Muniz at uh, middleweight. And um, that looks like that's the prelims. Anything on these prelims uh, look appealing to you? Yeah, I think Hunter Azure and Cole Smith is going to be a, a pretty good fight. I think they're very similar styles. Hunter Azure is, I think, just a little bit better at um, all the different things that, that each each guy does. But I think it'll be a tough fight. Um, I, don't, I don't think Cole Smith's going to go out easy. <clears throat> Alexander Romanov and uh, Delima is going to be interesting. Romanov's got a, you know eleven straight finishes. I think he's eleven and zero. I think they're all finishes. A uh, bunch in the first round and. But he's fighting nobody, you know. It's just like it's just somebody off the couch going in there with him. It, it seems like by his record, and Delima has fought, you know, stiffer, much different competition. He's been in the UFC for it's probably his tenth or eleventh fight, you know. Fought a light heavyweight for a while and moved up to heavyweight. Um, solid athlete, so I, I feel like it's going to be a long night for Romanov. Um, I like the De La Rosa and, and uh, Vivian uh, Aurora fight. Uh, both those girls are, are, I think, some girls to look out for at flyweight, um, you know, in the future. Um, and this is probably a match that you'll see more than once um, in the future. Um, and the only other one I think is probably uh, the Kelleher fight. Um, that'll probably be a, a tough fight. Kelleher's a, just a, a full forward, forward motion, 100% all the time, um, and usually – you know, lands big, big knockouts uh, when he when he finishes or, or deep, nasty guillotines. So it'll be a tough test for for Natavadad. It's uh, it's Kelleher went from being a pretty from what I'm sure was a fairly sizable underdog against Ricky Simone to being about an equally uh, solid favorite here. Yeah, it it's a much uh, better opponent for him, I think. But you know, but at the same time, Natavadad's nine and one, and he does have that that fire of the the young kid coming up. Um, but Kelleher's like the old guy that still has that, like you can't take that away from him um, thing. So it's, I think it'll be an interesting fight. I think both guys are going to come in there throwing. 
Tiago Moises takes on Jalen Turner in the main card opener, Battle of Lightweights there. Uh, we got, uh, oh, no, this one will be in bonkers. Uh, Michelle Pejea, uh, he's always fun. You know, he's, he's doing backflips and bouncing off the cage and just an absolute, you know, whirlwind uh, before he gasses. Uh, taking on uh, the Russian fighter Zalim Ahmedayev. And then we got Sajara Eubanks taking on Carol Rosa, who is a late replacement uh, for uh, Macy Chase on. Uh, and then in the co-main event, it is uh, OSP trying to trying to run it back again after uh, a couple weeks ago he tested positive for COVID and uh, his fight with Alonzo Minifield was pushed back till till this weekend. So we've still got that to look forward to, as well as the main event uh, heavyweight battle. The Reem, Alistair Overeem takes on Augusto Sakai. Great record, 15-1-1. I think Overeem's got more ways to win. You know, Sakai's definitely got some power, but if he doesn't land a big knockout, I don't I don't think that uh, it'll be, uh, you know, a, a win for him. Yeah, so uh, Tiago Moses, I, I think, coming off of a big win um, with a lot of, of momentum coming up against Jalen. Uh, Jalen's fought tough to be as young as he is with, you know, not having a ton of fights. Um, he's had some pretty solid competition. I think this will be uh, a good good showing for him, you know, against a guy that will be looking to throw up submissions a lot. But if Jalen can keep it on the feet and keep it at distance, um, I think it'll it'll be a good show for him. Pajeda and uh, Amadayev is – I don't even know what to think about that fight, what's going to happen. Pajeda, you know, is, is extremely dangerous, I think, in the first round. Definitely in the first – two minutes. Um, and then after that, we just haven't really seen much. Amadeev is no punk. And uh, I think he's going to bring it to Bahia. Uh, it's going to be hard for Bahia to get off some of the showmanship that he likes to usually do in there uh, without getting, getting caught up. Uh, <clears throat> Sajar Eubanks, I think uh, this is maybe a tougher test for her um, in Carol Rosa. I think she maybe just has a little bit more, uh, high-level experience than Jason did. Um, Sajara Eubanks, you know, it's, it's, she's six and four. She was, I think, she was the first uh, champion in, in one of the maybe at twenty-five or something off the Ultimate Fighter, but um, relinquished. I can't remember. There was something weird with her, but I think uh, she could never make weight. Yeah, it's that she gave up the belt or something. But um, you know, I think that. Her only losses are mostly to the you know top girls in the division, um, but it'll kind of be a good fight just to see where she stands. I think this is a big, a big pivotal spot in uh, Ovens's career. You know, if he can go out there and and show that he's the guy that that has the experience, um, can can you know press forward and and control the octagon and um, you know just do what he wants with Alonzo Minifield. It'll show that he's still a factor, but Alonzo Minifield is one of those guys that's, you know, shooting to the top very quickly and um, he's going through everybody pretty hard. So, you know, he, he is definitely looking to make a name off of events. I think it's, it's a, it's a good opportunity for events to stand up and say, look, I'm still here. You know, you're not just going to use me to, to move forward. Um, in the main event, I think, you know, like you said, I think Sakai has got power and he always has the opportunity to finish the fight um, in a moment's notice. And we've seen that happen to, to Alistair before, you know, last minute getting knocked out. And uh, But I think, uh, you know, Alistair should be able to outstrike him fairly easily. 
Um, should be able to keep the distance pretty well and pick them apart. Um, I think it should be a, a good win for Alistair. And that is the UFC Vegas number nine. That's this Saturday night, ESPN Plus. We will recap that next week. But now let's get into our interview portion of the program. Segment two here. We're going to jump on the line with one half of next week's uh, big main event in Chattanooga. Uh, let's talk to Jason King. Let's get him on the line. All right. On the line, we've got the Asian persuasion himself, Jason King, getting ready to headline as we head down to Chattanooga next week for Valor 73 at the Camp Jordan Arena. That is next Saturday, September the 12th. And he's going to be headlining for the welterweight championship five rounds with a hometown guy this time, Greg Hopkins. Jason, how's it going, my man? I've been soaking up the, uh, the Vegas desert sun here uh, helping Vince cut weight. But uh, I'm super excited to put on a show for you guys next week. Yeah, for those that don't know, Jason is out in Las Vegas there. We're getting ready to corner OSP over in St. Pru. He gets ready to is he gets ready to take on Alonzo Minifield this weekend. Now, this is the second time you've been out there, Jason, uh, for this uh, attempted fight. Uh, you know, we had uh, the the COVID issues a couple weeks ago. Uh, as a, you've managed to uh, steer clear of it uh, somehow through all of this. Uh, what's it been like uh, with all the back and forth? Uh, it's just, it's definitely been interesting. It's been the new uh, wrinkle in uh, this training camp in general. Um, I say training camp loosely. You know, I stay active the entire year. I train hard all year. Um, like I said, the only wrinkle that it's caused is I've spent a lot less time as a result of, like you said, this being the second time we've been out here uh, training, like at home, at our gym, uh, so on and so on. But that said, I don't view it as a detriment. Um, training has been going great. The however many days I've been out in Vegas has been a blessing as well. You know, I've gotten a lot of one-on-one time uh, with my coach, with uh, Vince, who's been helping me a lot, uh, you know, throughout this fight camp. And then also my wrestling coach, uh, John Leverance, who wrestled at Penn State. He's out here, too. Uh, we're just getting a lot of one-on-one drilling, Mark, uh, live goes. So, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely been interesting, uh, a little bit of a challenge, just because I am kind of a homebody. Uh, but we're making the best of it, and uh, you know, there's uh, absolutely no doubt in my mind that I am fully prepared for this this fight against Greg. Well, you know, uh, that there is a, a silver lining to it, I guess. Now that you mentioned that, you're getting a whole lot of one on one time with Coach Turner, who you know typically would be spread uh, a lot more thin uh, back home. So you know, you are getting uh, some good uh, some good game planning and, and time with him, I'm sure. So uh, you look at the silver lining there, at least. Of course, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, there are no, there's no good, there's no bad, there's only the opportunity and what you take uh, from it. So, yeah, like you said, getting a lot of one-on-one time with uh, Coach Eric, getting a lot of one-on-one time with uh, Coach John. Like uh, he, he, uh, he lives in, you know, normally lives and resides in California. So to have this many days of just like you know, super intense wrestling work, um, you know, it's it's been a blessing. Now, of course, uh, getting ready for this five rounder next week. Of course, you're always in tip top shape. As you said, you, you train year round. So, you know, the conditioning aspect is never really a factor for you. Uh, it has been one of the longest layoffs that you've had now uh, in, in a couple of years, or I would say probably about three years has been since you've had this long of a uh, sitting uh, on the sidelines since your first one at the beginning of the year back with Bellator. Uh, what's that been like? I know you're a guy that likes to stay active. Obviously, the COVID situation had shows shut down for you know the entire spring so it wasn't ideal for anyone but uh you know a guy like yourself that likes to stay busy i know it uh has to eat at you you're ready to get in there oh yeah you're you're not here you're telling me man uh it was it was rough uh you know the 2020 started off 
you know, with the short notice Bellator opportunity out in, you know, Los Angeles, that was amazing. Uh, the fight didn't go my way, but I got to learn a lot of hard lessons learned, um, you know, and, you know, I just thought like, okay, you know, I'm coming back to Knoxville and take a little bit of a rest and then I'm going to jump back in there. I'm ready to go. I'm so hyped up, motivated, ready to do this. Uh, right before like everything shut down, uh, I think in March, I was actually in California with Vince, uh, doing some, like a wrestling camp and, uh, I was getting geared up, ready to fight again. And then everything got shut down and then I had to fight, you know, get canceled because, uh, one thing or another, there's another shutdown. And then, uh, we had a kickboxing match lined up there for a little bit that got shut down. <laughs> And uh, it was just one thing after another, man. And I'm just I'm so happy to get back in there. I love the fact that it's five rounds. Uh, you know, I'm not known for ever leaving the first round. I was actually talking to Coach. Uh, it's been almost it's been over two years since I've talked to him in between rounds. Uh, you know, he, I, my style typically lends itself to kill or be killed in the first round. Um, you know, not to say that I won't do that this time. Uh, it might just be a, a part of who I am. But the fact that it's five rounds just means I get, to, I get up to 25 minutes to just get in there and do what I love to do. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm so thankful uh, just to be back in the cage. Now, of course, uh, let's talk about the matchup. Of course, you're fighting Greg Hopkins, again, I, a guy that we know very well. You know, he, he does the commentary for all the shows. I'm sure he's called uh, more than one of your fights, uh, you know, uh, over the years. Obviously, you can wrestle, you can grapple, you can do, you know, you're a mixed martial artist, but just, you know, on paper, it certainly lines up to be your classic uh, striker versus grappler, just from what we've seen uh, mostly. What do you, uh, what, you know, what, what's your anticipation for this fight? You know, Greg's a guy that, uh, you know, ha hasn't really been tested yet as a pro. You'll without a doubt be his toughest opponent yet. Uh, you've been in there with some, you know, really tough guys. Uh, that said, he's going to be at home. You know, there's a certain uh, stigma that comes with fighting at home. There's some pressure to it, but you know, there's also that, uh, you know, bite down factor and like, I'm not going to get embarrassed at home kind of thing you got to deal with, too, I feel like. So, uh, you know, break this fight down, man. I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I say, uh, first off, before I say anything, you know, uh, Greg is a great competitor. Uh, he had a pretty decent amateur career from what I can remember. He's 3-0 as a pro now. Um, he's got a skill set. Definitely going to be wrestling heavy and uh let's be honest uh with the exception of raymond daniels uh anybody who said that they're going to come out and strike with me uh that usually doesn't work out uh you know the last time i fought for valley title he's like we're going to stand and bang and then he shot a takedown like yeah, yeah. the first minute so um you know it's you know it's at this point in career i know i know who i am and you know i've seen it all i've seen the wrestlers i've seen the strikers and uh, like you said um you know while greg is is a tough opponent He's, he is not my toughest fight, and I am his toughest fight. You know, uh, no offense to Greg, but I'm not fighting a, you know, a multiple-time world kickboxing champion in the L.A. Forum in front of whoever knows how many thousand people this time around. You know, I'm fighting, you know, that was, that was the big takeaway from my last fight is, you know, they, they announce your name, and there's literally a red carpet you got to walk down, and... You know, you, uh, the, when they, usually when the announcers announce my name, I'm, I'm zoned in, I'm focused on my opponent. But whenever they're announcing my name for Bellator, I wasn't even looking at Raymond Daniels. I was just looking around at the crowd like, holy crap, <laughs> here. Uh, not to mention that, not to mention you were just sky high from your wife uh, getting a win. Yeah, yeah. That was the other thing. My wife had just made her Bellator debut and uh, smoked uh, her, her opponent. 
So just so many emotions going through. And then you, like you said, I got to get in there. Like the place is huge. They have posters of all like the, like the biggest name, um, you know, musicians and events that, that have gone on there. Um, you know, that was one of my biggest winning experiences there. And, you know, when I come into this fight on Saturday, one, again, I'm just so blessed that I am thankful that I get to be back in there. Um, and then the other thing is when I get in there, you know, it is, it, it, it's, it's against Greg Hopkins. It's in Chattanooga and it's just me versus another guy. It's not me versus another guy and whoever he, you know, sold tickets to and earned the crowd. It's not anything other than me and him. And, you know, I let the, I let the spotlight get to me a little bit, um, my last fight and I'm just, you know, I'm ready to buckle down. I've been ready to buckle down and, you know, put in the work to get another opportunity, uh, taking a couple months to get there, but, you know, just ready to take the lessons that I learned from the last one and apply them to this fight. And really just, uh, again, I'm just so happy that we get to fight again. It's, it's, it's a truly a blessing. I'm super stoked for it too, man. That's, uh, you know, that's next week. Of course, we've got this week to get through. Let's shift gears a little bit. You know, you've kind of taken over the reins as, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, heading up the amateur team there at KMAA that, you know, we talk to each other and deal with each other with matchmaking and whatnot. Now you've been, uh, you know, in the corner for a lot of these guys, uh, for, for many of their fights. And this weekend, you're going to be in Vegas with coach Turner, uh, with Ovince, of course, is this going to be one of those situations where you guys are, uh, you know, uh, on the, on the tablet? Uh, you know, like like Eric will do from time to time, or are you guys just going to kind of let Coach Joey have the reins and uh, and watch the stream? No, yeah, no, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we uh, we have so many great coaches that are at KMA, and you know, we'll uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll be watching it for sure. You know, we'll uh, we'll buy the pay per view and you know we'll, uh, watch our guys do the do the work on Friday night. Um, but yeah, no, we, uh, we have so many coaches that we can trust out there, and um, you know, I am sad that. Uh, you know, while I'm thankful that I get to, you know, be out here in Vegas helping Vince, you know, uh, that is where I was needed the most, um, uh, this weekend, but, you know, I do love watching our amateurs grow every single time, uh, they get out there and perform. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a ton of people from KMA out there. And like you said, I've taken on more of a, you know, uh, helping match make some of the amateurs, uh, roles for KMA and then just helping corner, helping coach. Um, I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, but I don't think it comes as a surprise. Um, you know, I want to coach, uh, you know, I, nobody gets to fight forever and I don't know how many more fights I have. I don't think I'm anywhere near retirement, but you know, this isn't 2008 and me jumping in my first amateur fight anymore. So. Sure. I'm look. I'm looking ahead to the future, and my future is, you know, my calling is the sport. You know, I can't wait to, you know, enjoy the rest of my fight career. But I, you know, as soon as that's over, um, I will move on, you know, full time into coaching. And you know, I have not only a great coach in terms of you know coaching me how to fight. I have a great coach coaching me how to coach. So, you know, I'm I'm super excited to you know watch watch our amateurs. Like I said, you know, Joey, Dre, James, all those guys that are going to be out there. Uh, helping corner and coach those guys. We have full trust in them. And I'm just really looking forward to, you know, seeing what uh, the amateurs can do, uh, you know, this Friday and what KMA can do this Friday, this Saturday, and, and all the fights to come. 
Well, man, you just made me feel super old referring back to 2008 as uh, being your first time in the in the cage. That was 12 years. Oh, yeah. I had a lot less white hair then for sure. Uh, man, uh, well, I'm going to I'm going to let you brag on somebody real quick. Uh, you know, you've been getting so many of these uh, these guys ready. Who's the who's the person we need to watch out for this weekend? That's really going to, you know, kind of wow us and, and, and show some show some improvements. I know Daquan Sutton's a guy that you work with a lot and he'll be he'll be uh, transitioning back to MMA. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I was actually going to speak on you know Daquan. He, you know, uh, when people come to KMA from another gym, you know, I did that, um, but that is not very common. Um, you know, KMA has a very specific culture, um, and if you if you can't uh, adju- adjust to the culture, you know, it's not that we don't love you, it's not that we don't like you, but if you don't fit in with us in our culture. You know, we will we will gladly be the ones to tell you like, hey, I think we you know you need to go to a different gym, not because we don't like you, but because we think that you will get better work from a different gym. But Daquan's is one of those dudes. He came in just so humble, so eager to work, so ready to learn, um, and it's just truly a pleasure working with him. Uh, like his, his striking is crisp. He listens well on the feet. Um, you know, it'll be exciting to see him back in an MMA fight. He's kind of like me. Uh, you know, nobody is surprised that, you know, when he wants to stand and strike, that that's going to be his, his main goal and his main objective. But, you know, his, his wrestling and his jiu-jitsu is coming along great. I'm super stoked for him. Uh, there's so many fighters on the card. Uh, I don't want to just list them all off. I'm bound to forget one, and I'll, I'll be sad if I do. Um, but, yeah, uh, another great fight uh, you know, that I think is coming up is actually uh, the co-main event. I think that one's uh, kind of a little under the radar. Uh, Garrett Sharp is fighting uh, Andrew Habner, I think. It's yeah, right. yeah. Um, that's going to be a sick fight. You know, Garrett is, you know, all, all, almost prepared to go pro. Um, you know, he's got a sick jujitsu game. Um, I tell anybody who listens to me this, he has one of the most annoying guards I've ever had to deal with. Like, I've been doing this for a long time. And half the time, I don't feel like dealing with his guards. So I'll just roll myself to a bottom position just to not be in his guard. Um but yeah, he's uh, super slick on the ground. Uh, he's coming along with the striking. Really, he's had great striking for you know years. He just kind of trusted it, and I think uh, I think we'll see a turnaround on him. Uh, he's fighting a tough opponent from a tough gym, so I think that's going to be one of those fights where you know there's there's fights that have fireworks listed all over them, and I don't actually think that's one of them, but it should be. Um, I'm, I'm super excited to see that one as well. I think Andrew's a guy that will really kind of uh, let you know if Garrett's ready to make that pro turn. This is the kind of guy that is just like right there. Uh, you know, he's a salty veteran type amateur, uh, you know, right along, right along the level of guys you're going to see when you first do turn pro. Absolutely. I know he, uh, he fought, um, you know, Dan Bailey, uh, I think the last uh, two cards ago. And like I said, he's, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's tough out. I mean, he's, he's got a chin on him. Uh, his striking isn't, you know, like his bread and butter, but his, his jujitsu game is sick too. So uh, what, what I hope doesn't happen in that fight is like, you know, like the Cotton Eye Joe crowd like boos like a very technical jujitsu game because that might be what it ends up being. But for anybody who knows what's going on and like the little intricate details that these amateurs are, are going to be putting in, I mean, I expect to see some high-level technique that, um, you know, that you normally have to pay a lot more money for to see in that fight. So that's really why I'm looking forward to that one the most is because between the both of them, um, you know, uh, bragging on, you know, Garrett, but also on his opponent, you know, it's going to be a high level fight, a very technical jujitsu, uh, match. I'm, I'm assuming when it gets to the ground, I'm just looking forward to watching it. 
Well, man, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, as always. Uh, one of my favorite interviews on here. Really looking forward to seeing you back in action next week in Chattanooga in the main event, going for that 170 title, man. Uh, best of luck out there in Vegas. Uh, hopefully this fight uh, goes through this weekend. That's what we're all hoping for and uh, hoping for a victory for uh, for OSP. Let you get some shout outs now where they are due and uh, and follow, us, uh, follow that up with uh, where fans can uh, follow you on your social media. Okay, uh, well, first and foremost, uh, thank you, God, Gloria. to God goes the glory, uh, just for allowing me to do this sport for so long and to be able to finally compete again uh, this year. Very thankful. Uh, thank you, you know, uh, Tim, Val Hour, all you guys for the interview. Thank you to my lovely wife, Emily, who's holding it down at home, uh, coming along this crazy you know, journey with me. Thank you to all my coaches, all my teammates, all my sponsors. Uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. To all my fans that are, uh, you know, coming out to watch the fight or just, you know, watching the pay-per-view back at home. Thank you guys so much as well. Um, and then if you want to follow me, uh, you can follow me on Facebook at the Asian Persuasion Jason King or on Instagram at Asian Persuasion underscore MMA. Um, and yeah, like I said, guys, uh, thank you guys so much for the interview. Thank you guys to all the fans, whether you love me or hate me. You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put out a show. So I hope to see you guys out on the, on the 12th. Once again, this has been the Asian Persuasion. Jason King, you can catch him next weekend at Valor 73, September the 12th from the Camp Jordan Arena, East Ridge, Tennessee. Get tickets at FighterTicks with an X.com. Make sure you select Jason as your fighter so he gets credit. Or if you can't make it in person, you can catch the pay-per-view on BFCMMA.com. Jason, thanks so much for the time. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Thank you, guys. God bless. All right, thanks so much to our guest, Jason King, for joining us ahead of his main event. Now we're going to get his opponent on the line, and he's going to stay on the line with us for the rest of the evening as we uh, get into picks panel as well. But now joining us is the other half of the main event for next weekend's Valor 73 card going down at the Camp Jordan Arena, September the 12th. Greg Hopkins, gambling Greg Hopkins on the line. (laughs) What's going on, dude? (laughs) I like that. Gambling Greg Hopkins for the dinner. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. I'm doing good, man. I just got just left to go. He got home. Uh, actually waiting for some NBA to come on so I can gamble, to be honest. Yeah, man. I'm stoked. Got some Game 7 action tonight, of course. Uh, now, uh, let's, uh, before we get into Pitts panel and all that, of course, uh, you're about to be busy, man. We've got, uh, you know, you're going to be doing uh, the lead on commentary this weekend uh, for Valor 72, and then you're going to main event that motherfucker next week. Coming down your way, Chattanooga, Tennessee, title fight against the Asian Persuasion, a guy that, that we all know very well around here. You've called many of his fights over the years in your commentary uh, duty. And so, uh, you know, there's been some rumblings about this fight over the past several months, and now it's going to come to fruition. You're going to throw the strap up on that bitch. And uh, five rounds uh, against the Asian Persuasion. Let's, let's talk a little bit about it, man. Uh, your thoughts on this fight, how you see it going, how it breaks down. Well, I mean, uh, I, I'm, I really don't know how this fight's going to go. I mean, like, just the, is, is, this is a yin-yang of a fight. You have Jason King, who is the 6'3", you know, karate, taekwondo guy, and he's a, he's a purple belt jiu-jitsu, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, you got me. I'm a wrestler and kind of just a brawler. And uh, now I'm the white belt in jiu-jitsu. I'm the <laughs> no-gi. So, I mean, you know, it's a, I think it's going to be an even match. And I think, you know, I have a lot of friends that, you know, supposedly think that I'm going to take it pretty easy. And I don't know why, because like I said, like you said, uh, I've called a lot of Jason's fights. I've got to see a lot of Jason's fights. And, 
and I have been busy during his fights making him look good in the cage. So, you know, now it's time to do the opposite of that. No doubt, man. Of course, uh, on paper, as I was talking to Jason a little bit earlier, he's very respectful. Uh, you know, he knows that, uh, you know, you're going to be a challenge for him. But, you know, he also pointed out, you know, he's without a doubt going to be your toughest opponent to date. Uh, you know, whereas he, you know, he's been in there with, uh, you know, Raymond Daniels and Bellator. He's been on that big stage already. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, uh, as far as uh, he's concerned, you know, this is obviously uh, the toughest test of your career, uh, you know, but very respectful, you know, he, at the same time, you know, he, he had nothing really bad to say, uh, you know, on paper, it's a striker versus grappler fight. Although you guys are both well-rounded I mean, you show knockout power, he's submitted guys, you know, so it's not like you guys are one trick ponies. Oh yeah. Uh, definitely excited about it to say the least. And I mean, I even spoke with you a couple of weeks ago and every fight I ever have, I can always find something to get pissed off about and really want to take it out on somebody. And uh, I just, you know, just can't seem to find nothing that I don't like about Jason, man. He's a good dude. Uh, I've been digging deep, man. I've been really trying. I've been trying so hard to find something to hate this guy for, but the dude's just, he's a stand-up class act, and I enjoy, you know, getting to uh, be in the graces with him every, every month when I come to Valor, man. He's a good guy. Now, with that being said, I have lost a lot of money in Korean baseball, so the, the Koreans have been really beating the shit lately, so. Uh, I'm, it's, it's, it's not a race thing, but I'm telling you, man, like these Koreans, man, they just like the Korean baseball ever since the COVID thing happened. I've been gambling and betting on the KBO and I've been losing, losing, losing all my money. I got to win some of that shit back, man. <laughs> Please tell me that Jason has somebody over there at KBO, you know what I'm saying? Like playing that way. I can just kind of say, you guys what you get, you know, if yeah. I win, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Just, so that's the only kind of ammunition I can get going off this fight right now. And uh, it ain't enough. I don't. I don't know, man. I've got to find. I've got to find that click, man. Maybe. Maybe he'll piss me off at the weigh-ins. Maybe it will. Maybe it'll pop off. Maybe it won't. I don't know, man. And just like I said, all the respect there for Jason in the world, man. And I'm. Uh, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to get to fight him. I really am. Now, five rounds is a long time. Uh, you know, that's you haven't gone this distance before. I, he hasn't either. Uh, you know, both of you guys are known for to be finishers. Uh, you know, what's it like prepping for for five five minute rounds? You know, he's a guy that stays in shape year round. Uh, you know, always always uh, in the gym, staying in top uh, top condition. Uh, you know, you've had probably I would say uh, right about a seven week uh, camp on this fight. You feel like your conditioning is uh, where you need it to be. I feel like my condition is going to be fine in this spot. We've uh, the biggest part about it is being maintaining a routine schedule, which is really hard to do with the times being the way they are, uh, with work here and there, uh, training here and there, people not being able to show up, people testing positive for COVID and can't come. It's been up and down, but that's everywhere, man. That is every single where in the whole country and world. So, like, I can't use that as an excuse. I can't use that as a reason. Uh, been going, you know, four to five times a week pretty hard. And then the other two days, I'll just, uh, you know, go light run, you know, do a little nature trail or something, have a good, have a good, just light day. Uh, been actually picking up on my diet and, and trying to get things squared away. So I'm not cutting 16 pounds, you know, day of and trying to get, trying to get down to the weight because, um, I mean, I know that Jason was like, you know, a nutrition guy and he, he wrote up diet plans. So I know that he's going to be able to go five rounds. I'm understanding that. And I get that. But, uh, I don't, I don't believe it's going to go five rounds. I don't think it's going to get that far. I've never been five rounds. He's never been five rounds, and I don't think we're going to go five rounds either. Again, I don't think he's going to last that long. 
talk about how exciting it is to be, uh, you know, getting to fight back at home here. Uh, you know, we make it down to Chattanooga about once a year. We were supposed to be, uh, you know, we were supposed to originally, uh, you were supposed to fight against uh, Charlie Alexander back in Saudi Daisy in March. COVID happened, uh, you know, so we shifted to this fight, uh, you know, talk about finally uh, getting to, to fight back at home and, uh, and, and bringing the show to Camp Jordan. It's been several years. It has been several years since we've been to Camp Jordan, man. Let's talking about the getting ready for the fight with Charlie and whatnot, man. You want to talk about a very big disappointment. I mean, like, you're talking like, I put everything I had into that fight to get ready, and I was ready, and then two weeks before COVID came, and it's really taking its toll, you know, on me financially because, like, I haven't been able to work and I haven't been able to fight. And people don't want to take private lessons right now because they are so scared, that, you know, that they're going to get sick. And so this fight's big for me. Uh, I've been taking it very serious, and I do want to win this fight. Uh, there's a lot of implications on this title. There's a lot of implications on this title because everybody that's won a title in Valor here lately is uh, they're getting that push and that, you know, they're getting noticed. Hey, Ronnie Lawrence, uh, not to interrupt you real quick, Ronnie Lawrence. Talk about Ronnie Lawrence, uh, Lawrence, That's another former Valor uh, Bantamweight champion. Uh Uh-huh. Talk about a plus 240 dog on the books, man. Oh, my God, I was happy for him, man. But yeah, carry on. You're right. Uh, you're right. The the the, the Valor uh, Pro titles has, have catapulted at this point more guys than than they haven't. Yeah, I, I, and I'm noticing and I'm seeing it, and I know Jason ain't stupid either. Eric's obviously not stupid. They know what's up, and they see it happening. So we understand. We're all in the same circle here. We're all looking for the same the same thing. We're all here. Uh, but as far as I'm coming back to Chattanooga, man. Uh, I talked about it the other day with another guy as far as being like the hometown favorite, man. Being the hometown favorite is not always the best thing because, I mean, I've got a lot going on right now. You just said it yourself. I'm super busy right now. Like, I have not had a moment to sit down other than after, like, 10 o'clock to sit there and watch an NBA or something. But other than that, I don't get to sit down right now. Like, the next two weeks are going to be pretty hectic. Uh, selling tickets. I got some shirts and, and, and uh, you know, making weight, training, being there. If I got four teammates also fighting on this card, you know, just like just like they do. So, you know what I mean? I ain't no special, ain't no different than anybody else. I got a lot going on. Uh, you know, plus we're going to be some, doing some commentary. Down. I can't wait for those fights this Friday either. That's going to be bomb down there. But – Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm so glad they're coming back to Chattanooga. A lot of pressure here. A whole lot of pressure here, though. I will be I will be honest. There's a lot of pressure on this fight, and um, a lot of pressure, though. I like it. They say pressure makes diamonds. So, uh, you know, we'll see how, see how it goes. And I'm expecting a rowdy crowd uh, there at Camp Jordan Arena there uh, next weekend. Uh, before we uh, we wrap this thing up, Greg, and, and move on to Pigs Panel, I'll let you give your shout-outs. Uh, you, you would like uh, sponsors and uh, uh, training partners there at Agogi. You want to give some shout-outs? Do it and then let people know where they can find you on the social medias. I'll just give a real quick shout-out to everybody at Agogi. I can't name every individual one, but I know Dalton Smith's got a fight coming up, Hank Peppers, Landon Peppers. And uh, Bubba Cruz has got a big, big pro, pro fight coming up at 170. Uh, all those guys have been working hard in the gym, and, I, and, I, and I'm grateful to have them all there with me, as long as, you know, Larry, Sterling, Matt, all everybody at Agogi. I, I can't thank everybody enough. And even even the people that don't fight and they just, they're just there training, man, they're all helping me. They're helping me so much, and they're, they're involved. They're, they're intimate on it, man, and, like, they're, they're excited. Everybody's excited right now. But if you want to find me, uh, look me up on Facebook, Greg Hopkins. 
and I also have Instagram, Big Daddy Hop. I don't have a Twitter. And for our sponsors go, man, uh, the Street Barbecue. Fucking delicious barbecue, man. I just can't eat it right now, but uh, guarantee you whenever I get done Saturday, I'm going. Absolute gutters, man. They've been they've been with me since since I started, dude. And they're still here. Best Home Builders also been home been with me since I started, and they're uh, uh, they, I've been friends with them forever, man. Good family, uh, good family there. Crawl Logic, Sisu Sauna, R3 Rejuvenation, JBI. Uh, investments, man, they help me make my money and lose my money sometimes, but they mostly help me make my money because they're a sports, an- they're sports analysts for the, for everything. And they also do stock market exchanges and stuff. And they'll tell you what, what to pick and what to, what not to pick and everything. And then, uh, these two guys right here, these two, these two guys, Hemp House, they have been more than helpful, man. They have been absolutely over the top. Anything I need ever, just, uh, if you need it, Greg, please just let us know. Ink Expressions. They also, as in a tattoo parlor around the road, they have, they do the best work there. Long story short, man, all these guys right here have helped me so much. And these sponsors really make, make the difference uh, when it comes to me fighting, because if I didn't have these guys, I absolutely would not be able to do this whatsoever. And last but not least, my dad, uh, GH Asphalt Maintenance, man, he's the one who helps me, you know, tie up the loose ends and be able to make it when I when I can't, you know. And uh, he doesn't just give me money, but he gives me an opportunity to work. And um, and that's what I'm grateful for. And uh, I'm glad to have that leg to stand on and have the support system I do today. And uh, let's just bring that title home now, guys. That's all I want. Once again, this has been Greg Hopkins ahead of his main event, at home next week at Valor 73, Camp Jordan Arena and East Ridge, Tennessee, et cetera. Uh, Saturday, September 12th. You can get your tickets at fighterticks.com with an X. Make sure you select Greg so he gets the credit there. And then, of course, uh, if you can't make it, you can watch it on pay-per-view uh, on bfcmma.com. Greg, thanks so much for the time. We're going to keep you on the line as we uh, get ready to roll into these picks panel. All right, that brings us to our main segment of the evening. That is our picks panel for this weekend's Valor 72 card going down from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe Friday night, September the 4th. And, man, we have got a loaded card here. Uh, Coming into this one now, uh, Justin, you've got our standings. Uh, We've got uh, in our guest slot, we've got a couple guest slots tonight. Uh, Chad Finnerty is going to be sitting in uh, one of our guest slots here. Chad getting ready to make his pro debut coming up here in October. Chad, how's it going? It's going real good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course, you know uh, you know several of these fighters, so it'll be interesting to get your picks here. Of course, we've got Jeff Hobbs, the voice of Valor, except that he won't be the freaking voice of Valor this weekend because he's quarantined for COVID out there in Cheatham County, uh, and yours truly is going to have to pick up his slack. Jeff, uh, what's going on, dude? Uh, not much, man. Trying to dip and dodge and dug all these fuckers that got the damn COVID. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> Uh, of course, we've got uh, Greg Hopkins joining us, uh, as always, uh, getting ready to main event next week against Jason King in Chattanooga. Uh, we spoke to him just earlier, still got him on the line. And then, of course, we've got uh, Greg's partner in crime for this weekend's show, uh, calling the play-by-play with him for the pay-per-view. We've got Christina Roadhouse Ricker Adcock on the line with us as well. And she's getting ready to fight as well next weekend on that Chattanooga card against Hannah Rosario. Chris, how's it going? Oh, I am happy to be back. You, we're, you, you're going to be a busy gal over the next two weeks, as am I. I'm excited to see a lot of blood. 
No doubt. No doubt. Greg, Greg as well. We're all, we're all pulling like triple duty here, but uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, let's dive into this card here, guys. We've got, uh, we've got a lot to cover uh, starting out, of course, with a couple combat BJJ matches. These are one 10 minute round. Uh, well, before we do that, Justin, what's our standings here? Now, what we'll do is uh, the guest slot will uh, tack on to Paul's uh, whatever his, whatever his tally is. And let's say this, we'll have a rotating guest slot each time. And if they manage to, beat the the uh, panelists that we have on uh, regularly then uh then the house wins we'll say uh that'll make it interesting so uh, we, we actually had two guests last time so i could put you know who was the other one uh the guy that used to commentate with us nah. No, he was an, he was a, a guy that used to compete some. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, add his score to to, uh, to Rickers then. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give his score to Chad because it was the worst. Oh, okay, that's cool. I was gonna say I want a good score. Start yeah. Out well, oh, please. thanks. Well, thanks. Don't take, <laughs> take over for Paul then. Paul was like middle of the pack. I believe yeah. Hobbs is leading though. Yeah, we got Hobbs. So we got Hobbs at 15. Greg and Chris will be tied at 14, and Chad with 13. So oh, it's, so it's, it's a pretty tight. close spread. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's tight. Okay, here we go. Up first, 190 pounds, combat BJJ. That's slap grappling. Uh, one 10-minute round. We've got uh, Trevor Blankenship representing the Bluefield Fight Academy in Bluefield, West Virginia. That's Hannah Rosario's main squeeze, guys. Uh, this will be the first time he has competed. So I don't know really uh, the scoop on him, but I, I know that, uh, you know, he's been getting Hannah ready for her fight. So I'm sure they're, you know, uh, in shape and, and ready. Taking on the ultimate adjudicator himself, the hammer of justice from KMAA, Darren Hastings, fresh off of his last slap grappling win over Robert Davis. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, this is one that, uh, you know, Blankenship's a little bit of a mystery. Uh, uh, Christina, you trained there with uh, with Darren at KMAA. I assume he's been putting in the work. Oh, he's been putting nothing but work. Uh, he's been there, I think, let's see, since about 9.30 every night with extra rounds. With the biggest guys he can find, um, I will say he is worried. After watching one of the matches last time, he was worried about getting tickled. He said, "Someone fuck yeah. with me." That's yeah. going to be the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, then, uh, since, uh, you know, I probably we probably know which way you're going to lean. I'll let you get us started here, Christina, with your pick on this. Well, let's go with that hammer of justice. The hammer of justice, Darren. Okay, let's move on to. Uh, we'll, uh, actually, Justin, I'll let you uh, dictate our pace from here since you've got the work. All right, so we'll just uh, we'll go with Greg or for, with Hobbs next. Uh, I think I did. I pick against Darren last time. I don't know, man. I don't trust these KMA guys. They're all trying to go for Von Flues, and they're all oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you picked against Darren last time. Yeah, I'm not. Fuck that. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> all right, Greg. Yeah, I'll go with the, uh, with the what's he called? The ultimate adjudicator? He's the hammer of justice, technically, but the, the ultimate adjudicator is like his second name. Yeah, I mean, he told me to keep. Uh, he told me to keep picking against him, but I'm gonna pick. I mean, I'm gonna pick him. Let's do it. We need to get the broom out, Chad. Yeah, we need to get that broom out. Um, Darren's gonna be too much. I think he gasses Trevor, and uh, and subs him about halfway through. Oh, there, the hammer of justice with a clean sweep. Our second combat BJJ match will be at 205 pounds. We have got 
James Jones representing Nick Martino's combat performance in Hendersonville, North Carolina. He is a, uh, I believe they said he is a two-stripe or three-stripe white belt. Be his first competition in uh, slap grappling. He has done some, you know, uh, 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 traditional uh, BJJ competitions. He'll be taking on the head wolf from the Wolves Den martial arts, Adam Sylvie out of Madisonville, Tennessee, who is fresh off of his own slap grappling win over Brian Jackson, in which the aforementioned tickle took place uh good matchup here i think guys uh who's gonna start us off justin uh greg i will go with adam sylvie all right chris i also say adam chad i train with the man every single day and for me to say that i can't hardly do anything with somebody on the ground is, is a pretty pretty good compliment i'm going with adam all right, Hobbs. I too shall be going with Adam Silly. Another clean sweep. All right. Uh, now we move on to our uh, our tie fights. We've got the juniors up first here, and uh, they're always a pleasure. I love, uh, these kids always put on a show, and we've got two really good ones here. We've got Jared Julian representing Dustin Koppel's National Martial Arts in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. He's a debut. But Koppel's very high on this this kid. He said he's, he's a stud, uh, and he's going to be taking on a stud in young Tyler Jones out of the United Karate Studio, uh, Ben Kiker's uh, outfit down there in Dalton, Georgia. Uh, we always say the uh, you know the, the 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 offspring of the killer that is Travis Jones. Uh, he comes in at five and one, man. You know he's an experienced kid. Uh, he's been fighting a lot, uh, but uh, Koppel's very confident in Julian, uh, knowing they're giving up the experience here. All right, Greg. Going first twice. Yeah. Right. Well, I'll go ahead and give away the secret. Fucking Tyler Zone. That's who it is. <laughs> All right, Chris. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm gonna go with the underdog. Let's say Jared. Go get him, Jared. <laughs> no, won't happen. Tyler's All man. Right, Chad. <laughs> I'm taking experience over uh, debut. Let's go with Tyler. All right, Hobbs. Um, I got a ticket once in Dalton, Georgia. There's some other. <laughs> I heard. I'm telling you, it's like a speech. Um, and for that reason, oh, he's from a karate studio too. Mm-hmm. That's intriguing. Yeah, I'm gonna go Tyler Jones as well. Five and one. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. All right. So Chris stood alone with Julian. The other three went with Jones. All right. Up next, we have got a, a bit of a late notice fight here. Catch weight on one hundred sixty-five pounds. Originally slated to be Derek Smith from LKA. He fell ill this week with some uh, some stomach issues. Uh, had him laid up in the hospital, uh, wishing him a speedy recovery. But now stepping up to face Joshua Fisher uh, will be Daniel Kilburn, who is uh, making his debut, representing uh, Triple Crown MMA Juggernaut Boxing out of Falmouth. Kentucky teammate of a couple fighters that will be debuting for Valor on this card, Justice Bumpus and Jesse Romans, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, he steps up on super short notice to take this fight. He'd already been talking to me about getting a debut in on the October card. So uh, he is training. He's in shape. Uh, he will uh, take on the aforementioned Joshua Fisher, making his debut out of uh, Nick Martino's combat performance in Hendersonville. Uh, his first time competing. Don't know what to say, but uh, I know that 
uh, they were willing to let him fight Derek Smith, who is a, you know, a, a pretty experienced guy out of a, uh, a talented league kickboxing academy gym. So they've got to be high on him in, in some regards here. Uh, Justin, what we got? All right, Chad, get us started on this one. Uh, both debuts. It's going to be a blind pick. Let's go with Joshua Fisher. Hobbs. <clears throat> um, well, those of you who are new to the show, I have this bugaboo about Kentucky, <laughs> and I can't oh. pick anybody from there. I can't do it. Um, so I'm going Joshua Fisher as well because he's not from Kentucky. All right, Greg. I, uh, which one is the one who took the place of Derek? Derek? Daniel Kilburn is the replacement fighter. And he was willing to fight Derek too, right? No, Joshua Fisher was who was willing to fight Derek. And when Derek fell ill, Daniel took his place. Okay, well, Joshua Fisher it is. All right, Chris. I don't have anything against Kentucky. I don't know what your deal is, Jeff. It's a deep-rooted hatred. Oh, my goodness. I I think Daniel. Come on, Daniel. All right. Was that Kilburn? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, Chris standing alone again, two in a row. All right. Up next, we have... Yeah. Hey, you're going to be like the underdog's favorite picker. <laughs> uh, up next, uh, featherweight, 145 pounds, another tie fight here. It's got Peyton Uten, one and one out of Dustin Koppel's uh, National Martial Arts there in Oak Ridge. Uh, he'll be taking on Chance Keller, a guy that we're familiar with. We've seen him fight many times out of the uh, Lee Kickboxing Academy there in Beattyville, Kentucky. He trains with Tyler Christman, Zach Fox, and uh, Derek Smith, who uh, who fell ill in uh, the fight we were just talking about. Chance, uh, five and six, three knockouts, very technical fighter. Uh, you know, these guys are uh, very traditional uh, Thai style fighters, you know, they the, with all the flair. And uh, and he's a, he's a guy that, you know, even though he's got six losses, he uh, he's in there testing himself against really tough guys all the time. So uh, Chance Keller versus Peyton. All right, Hobbs. Uh, Chance Keller, definitely. Great. I like this style. Uh, I'm trying to look up Chance Keller at the moment. All his losses. Does he have any losses by KO, TKO? Is it? Uh, is he? Is he? Is he lost every decision? I'm just. It's pretty much. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I'm not saying he's never been. I'm not saying he's never been stopped, but he, most of the time he gets he gets uh, decisions if he loses. Let's go with the. Uh, let's go with Chance. <clears throat> All right, Chris. Hey, time out. Time out. Hold on. Time out. Hold on. What? <laughs> After that whole rant with Jeff about not liking Kentucky, motherfucker. And he picks Kentucky. Kentucky. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. All right. Sorry. Let's do it. Hey, go ahead, Greg. I ask if he's a wrestler. <laughs> hey, now. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Greg has backup tonight, Hobbs. That's his fucking criteria for everybody. Did he, did he Did he wrestle? I love it. Oh, God. I love it. <laughs> mm. All right, Chris, it's on you. I like watching Chance work. I say Chance takes this one. Chad? Chance for KO number four. Keller sweeps it. All right. And then uh, rounding out our uh, preliminary fights, our final kickboxing fight. Man, this one. 
This one's going to be some hitters, y'all. Light Heavyweights 205 is the debut of Jonathan Mathis. He is 1-1 one one in MMA, fighting out of Nick Martino's combat performance, Hendersonville, North Carolina. Uh, man, this guy looks like he's put together, taking on a guy that is, uh, you know, a well-traveled guy from Kentucky. I'm excited to host him on a Valor card. You know, I've been keeping up with Jesse Romans uh, for, for a couple years, and finally we're able to book here the Pride Slayer Jesse Romans, 1-1 one one in kickboxing, but 4-4 four four in MMA, so he's a very experienced guy representing triple crown mma juggernaut boxing falmouth kentucky gregory all right i'm gonna have to go with the kentucky guy here because jeff's over hating on me for wrestling in kentucky speaking of wrestling <laughs> they don't even wrestle in here what the fuck man what's that guy if he did wrestle he'd still win it don't matter <laughs> chris uh, jonathan let's go jonathan all right. Chad. I'm going to go with Jesse. And Hobbs. What am I supposed to do? You got the whole damn blue corner in this prelims is all from Kentucky. I mean, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Pride Slayer. Oh, man, these people are reaching for some nicknames now, man. But he's coming out the immigrant song, Led Zeppelin, which I thought was a plus. Yeah, yeah. He can he can do better on that nickname though. I know. I mean, nobody gave him that. He made he got he made that. <laughs> nobody looked at him and said the Pride Slayer. That's what you should go by. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Jonathan. I got to do something different. All right. So Hobbs and Chris with Mathis. Wait, what is that? That's more time. Yeah, Ty. All right, moving on to the MMA portion of the card. Featherweights, 145 pounds. It's Bud Cook making the ride out from Wilmington, North Carolina, looking for that first win, man. You know, this will be his 11th shot at it, and uh, he's, he's he's hungry for it. I'll tell you that. You know, he, I can tell he's working out out there, uh, you know, getting in the best getting shape. Getting the best shape. And uh, he, he said, you know, he's not going out there and losing again. Uh, Bud Cook's a guy that's going to bring it. You know, he's going to come forward. He's going to throw, uh, you know, but typically he struggled uh, when he's been taken down to the ground and gets submitted. You know, he'll be taking on KMAA product. Elijah Gilbertson, two and three. Uh, man, this is a kid that, uh, you know, he's worked his way back from uh, from zero and three. I, you know, we've talked about it before. I threw that kid into uh, into the fire early and uh, was started off zero and three, joined up with KMAA and now has rattled off two wins in a row uh, to get to two and three. Uh, this guy's a fan favorite, just a, a real nice guy. Pleasure to work with. And, uh, you know, him and Bud Cook both are, uh, you know, just uh, likable guys. So I'm excited. Excited to see one of these guys pick up a win, either Bud Cook for the first time or Elijah, evening that record up. Uh, Christina there, uh, you know, you train with Elijah. Is he is he, is he pumped for this chance to get his record to even? Oh, absolutely. Actually, to quote him, let's see, the drills I had him do last week, he said, I feel like I'm Daniel in the lion's den and God didn't show up. And I just got ate up. <laughs> Check him in. With every pro we had, he didn't get a single amateur, and he had to do his best work, and he did phenomenal. He did a really good job. Um, so I, I, he's been working on extra skills. Like we know he's a wonderful, beautiful striker, but he's developing some other skills that I would like to see happen in this fight. Well, I'm sure if Bud Cook has his way. He will uh, he'll revert back to that uh, that striking there. That'll definitely be where uh, Bud's best chance lies. I think. Uh, Justin, let's do the picks. All right, so I guess I'll take that for Chris's pick. Chad, what do you got? I would say if 
Bud caught Elijah before he got to KMAA, he would have a chance. But I have personally seen Elijah's transformation since he's been at KMAA, and I, I don't, I don't see any other way other than Elijah getting this. All right, Hobbs. <clears throat> yeah, I was one of those that when Elijah first uh, came to us, you know, I picked against him every time. Uh, you know, he had the weird nickname. He had it, he tried to find his little shtick and his crazy outfits, but. Um, you know, once he calmed down, got with the gym, I mean, he has done a complete 180. He's taking his craft serious. It's no nonsense now, no no nicknames, no crazy outfits. It's all business. And and I it's been a while since I've seen a you know transformation in, in somebody like that. So I am uh I am going to see this kid go to three and three and even his record out. This will be the one. Hobbs. I mean, uh Greg. Uh uh, just because Elijah doesn't wear his outfits out there anymore don't mean they're still in his bag. I know they're back there. Uh, <laughs> but same thing that Hobbs said, as Chad said, and Christina said, uh, Elijah's come a long way since he got started, and uh, I'm backing him here, man. Elijah's going to take this one. All the uh, Elvis on acid. All right, all right. Uh, up next, we've got lightweights, 155 pounds. This will be a little bit more of a mystery fight. We've got Eric Lewis making his debut from Rocket City MMA in Huntsville, Alabama, taking on Keon Jones, 0-1 out of the East Ridge Fight Club down there in East Ridge, Tennessee. Trains with uh, big old C.J. Baker, who we saw on the last card. Uh, Keon lost his debut uh, back on one of those Strike uh, Fest cards a couple years back. Uh, he was in there tough. Uh, I, they, I, I had him in there with you know one of those, those home home wrestler guys. So uh, and he and he and he looked decent in that fight. So uh, I'm sure there's been improvements made. Uh, Eric Lewis, uh, not a lot known. I, I know that he's been training for a bit. He's been his you know it's an anticipated debut. I think he's been putting in work for a while. So uh, you know we got two athletic guys are going to go at it. Chad, I'm gonna go with Keon on this one. All right, Hobbs. Um. Let's see. I've known those Rocket City guys actually for a long time. Uh, pretty well coached, and they've always been tough. They they would come to Nashville and Clarksville quite a bit. Um, I'm going to go Eric Lewis on this one. Greg? Uh, if you're from uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and you're training in Eastridge, and you're not in a gogi, and I don't know your name, and you're fighting – you're you're probably not not really doing all right or training really hard. So uh, Eric Lewis. All right, Chris. Uh, knowing little to nothing about either of them, let's say Eric Lewis. All right, so Chad stands alone with Keon. Everybody else takes Lewis. All right, we've got another another one of these uh, uh, tough mystery fights to, to decide for here next. Welterweights, 170. We've got Julian Lopez making his debut out of the UFC gym in Murfreesboro. He's got a couple teammates a little later on the card. Uh, looks to be tall, put together, uh, in good shape. Taking on Samaj Portis from Team Notorious in Columbus, Ohio. They brought us Deshaun Morton last time, who fought Jackson Donovan. Uh, they... Uh, it, guy is also put together i mean this guy's this guy's diesel actually uh and uh one and oh uh so you know it's it's kind of a mystery again here you know, one guy does have one fight and both guys look like they're in great shape all right hobbs uh how do you how do you say this dude's name what samaj samaj, samaj. i like it that's sexy i'm going with samaj yeah. <laughs> good 
Uh, I think it's sexy as well. I'm going to go some lunch. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> Chris. Shit. Lopez isn't sexy. Do we not know who Jennifer Lopez is? That was sexy. Um, let's do Lopez. If we're going on sexy points, is that where we're at now? That's yeah, well, Lopez, and Lopez actually does have some freaking luxurious hair. Yeah, he's he definitely okay. the, the model. <laughs> Chad? Well, now I'm jealous of Lopez having the sexy hair. I got to go with him. All right, split Chris and Chad take Lopez, Hobbs and Greg take Portis. Don't let right. me wrong, Chris. <laughs> this is our last fight of, of your uh, relative unknowns. I'll be able to give you a lot more on uh, after we get past this one, guys. Featherweights, 145 pounds. Justin Jamar also making his debut alongside Eric Lewis from Rocket City MMA in Huntsville, Alabama. Another guy that, from what I can tell, you know, has been waiting to make his debut for a while, has been training for a while. Uh, he's taking on Pyle, uh, Kyle. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce the last name. I'm going to say... P. Chinny, although it could just be Chinny. Maybe the P is silent. I've got to be corrected on that before I'm put on the spot with a microphone um, in front of me, in front of the Joe. Also making his debut uh, from the UFC gym in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, not, I don't really know much about these guys. Uh, Kyle, I know I, he's white belt. He is, uh, you know, those to be tall and lanky. Uh, this would be the first time we've hosted UFC gym uh, in Greenville ever. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how these guys match up. Good luck. Greg, what? I was looking at the wrong fight the whole time. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, I'm sorry. I was I was looking forward to Jaquan Sutton, man. I can't pronounce the other guy. Sorry, Justin. Justin James. I'm so sorry, guys. Justin, I was in a study in my EM. Okay, so, sorry, man. Coin, coin flip. Coin flip. Hold on. All right, we are going to go with Kyle. All right, Chris. Cheney? Cheney? Cheney. I feel like maybe that needs to be one of your missions, Chris, is to make sure we know the correct pronunciation of that before it matters. Probably be a good hey, idea, Kyle. It? Where the hell does it come from? That's what I want to hey, know. Kyle. Where you come from? Where name? <laughs> His name's Kyle. <laughs> yeah, Kyle. His name's Kyle. <laughs> That's what I'm calling him. Chad. Kyle. Hobbs. I am going to go with Justin. All right. Hobbs takes a flyer on that one. Everybody else with Jenny. All right. Up next, featherweights. Uh, this is 145 pounds, and I don't know why I've got a number one contender bout. It is not a number one contender bout. It's just about. Uh, it is the debut of Atlanta's Bimisola Atobra, who is uh, uh, he's trained some at X3, he said. I don't know if it's enough to officially rep them in this fight. He's put together. He looks, you know, he's a short stacked guy, uh, personal trainer down there. Looks like he's very athletic, very, uh, very in shape. Uh, he'll be taking on Daquan Sutton from KMAA, uh, who we've seen, uh, you know, really uh, make waves in kickboxing. And in this fight, he'll be going back to MMA. And uh, Daquan hasn't done a lot of MMA. I believe he's only 0-1 in MMA, uh, you know, uh, 
he may have a couple more fights than that, but I don't think so. Uh, quite a few, quite a few kickboxing fights though, and he looked great uh, last time out uh, when we saw him uh, beat Chance Keller at the last show. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, if he's uh, picked up his groundwork, you know, working at KMAA. Uh, Christina, you know, uh, have have you seen uh, Daquan, uh, you know, branching out in his training? Obviously, beyond his great striking that we've seen, uh, what's he looking like on the ground? Uh, I can say his wrestling has absolutely improved. Um, God, I took shot after shot after shot. Just like, just fall down for the love of God. But, so I'm excited to see somebody try to take a kick out on him and him not fall down. Um, and to kick someone in the head, I'd still like him to kick somebody in the head because I love the sound of that. Right. Um, but he's just really focused. He's really melding in with the team really well. Um, he gets great insight. I'm a big fan of Sutton. So obviously there's my vote. All right, Chad. I don't think he can get Daquan down, and if it stays on the feet, uh, I th- Daquan has it. Hobbs. Uh, Daquan. Greg. That's the only problem is the ground game for Daquan. I'm, uh, you said this guy's a damn bowling ball, right? Yeah, he's put together. He's, he's yoked. You know. I could just see maybe something crazy. Like I said, Daquan's stand-up game is Chris. So, like, I got to – I can't go against Daquan Sutton, man. He's, he's impressive on his feet. And if this guy's a bowling ball and he can't – if he can't strike, then he's going to uh, he's gonna slow down real quick. Uh, I go with Daquan. All right, everybody took Daquan. All right, moving on next, we've got female action. 140-pound uh, catch weight. And this will be uh, the Mayor Bear, Mary Rosenbeck, coming back to the Valor Cage, where she's won a couple in a row up here, uh, knocking off uh, last time out uh, Rebecca Alcorn, and before that Chloe Padilla uh, to get her record up to three and five. Now, uh, you know, very improved. Every time you see Mary, she she gets better, you know, and she's fought some tough girls out there. Uh, she's going to be taking on the debuting Faith Smith out of Wolves Den Martial Arts, Madisonville. Now, Chad, you work over there with uh, with Faith now. Uh, you know, this is a, a tough debut she's she's biting off here against a very experienced Rosenbeck. But Faith's been around the game for a while. She's been training for a little bit, right? She's just, uh, you know, had to take time off and, and things like that. And uh, all the reports are she's uh, she's definitely ready for this debut. Absolutely. She uh, she's been putting in all kinds of work. Um and, and no knock on Mary. Mary is a great friend of mine. She, like you said, is getting better each time. Uh, but I know Adam and myself would not put faith in there if we didn't have utmost confidence in her. Um, we've been working takedown defense, takedowns, everything that you can think of uh, to get her ready for this. So uh, I'm going to, obviously, I'm a little partial. I'm going with faith. All right, Hobbs. I, uh, I like Mary. I like Mary in this one. Greg, Greg. <laughs> Sorry, y'all had me muted. <laughs> yeah, we, we had you. <laughs> no, muted. I, yeah, y'all had me muted. Uh, Chad, did Faith used to wrestle? No, she did not used to wrestle, but that's all we've been working on. She wrestles now, by God. Yes, she is. <laughs> okay, my heart and gut telling me go with Faith, but Mary Rosenbeck's three and five. She's got eight. Eight, eight five experience, you know, eight experiences. So I've got to go with Mary here. All right, Chris. Mary, I think she has hit her stride. She knows where she's at. She knows what to do. 
so I thought she was the sweetest fucking person on the planet, number one, and then she gets in there and like flips a switch, which always creeps me out, but in a good way. <laughs> All right, Chad Took Smith, everybody else going with Mare Bear. All right, up next, lightweights, 155 pounds. This is a pretty good fight here, flying under the radar. Tim Carraway, it's been a moment since we've seen him. He's 1-0. Last time out, he fought at a, at a strike fest card, but I was there, and he beat Logan Buck in a bit of an upset. Logan Buck's a pretty, pretty decent little fighter from up there. Uh, he is – what? Now, I've got a typo on you guys' bout sheets. He was with Pound for Pound. He is now with Team Wildside. Out of Clarksville, Tennessee, up there with Nate the Train and and those guys, uh, he'll be taking on the two and one Justice Bumpus from a Triple Crown MMA Juggernaut Boxing, Falmouth, Kentucky. Teammates with Jesse Romans uh, and Daniel Kilburn, who we talked about earlier. Uh, he's come up on the Hard Rock scene there, and we're excited to have those guys down here for the first time. So uh, I think this will be a real good fight. All right, Hobbs, uh, I'm gonna go Tim Caraway on this one, Greg. I'll side with Caraway as well. Is that Brian's brother? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Chris? Bumpus. <laughs> All right, Chad. I'm going with Bumpus. All right, split it in the middle. All right, we're up to the meat of the card now, guys. It's flyweight action, 125 pounds. Lucas Farrow, 1-0 out of the UFC gym in Murfreesboro, taking on Rocket Ray Hewlett, who uh, just got his record plus side, 3-2 and two now out of KMAA uh, Knoxville. Ray is just one of the tallest flyweights you will ever see. Six foot tall, nearly, and uh, has really put it together here over his last uh, three fights. Started off 0-2, knocked off three in a row, and he's on a roll. Uh, dangerous striking. He'll throw head kicks. He's he'll, uh, very dangerous on the ground, so long and lanky, so he's got guillotines. He's got uh, triangles and, and just all manners of ways to submit you. Uh, Lucas Farrow, we saw make his debut on the Nashville card in a decision win over JMT, Devontae Miles Trowell. Um, I don't know that uh, he has an official wrestling pass, but, uh, but from what I can recall in that fight, he can wrestle. Uh, he he really uh, he won the first two rounds against Javante uh, pretty handily, I recall. Started to fade in the third round and kind of survived, but uh, won the decision there against uh, a very athletic and tough Javante Miles Trowell in his debut. All right. Oh, let's see. Chris? Rock and Ray, that man has been working on his gas tank. He's developed this range that is super difficult to work with that I love doing, but I hate doing. Ray. <laughs> Chad? I absolutely fell in love with Ray in his first fight. I cornered against him, and that kid's got heart. And since then, he's put a lot of technique with that heart, and his uh, his sub game is getting serious. I'm going to go with Rocket Ray. Hobbs. I uh I like Ray Hewlett in this one as well. And Greg. Oh man, I've picked against Ray three times and he's he's won three times now. <laughs> so and I actually have Lucas circled on my paper, but yeah, I'm gonna have to go against Rocket here. Yeah, I, I mean I'm gonna have to go against him. We'll go with Lucas. All right, Ray Hewlett. 
All right. Speaking of wrestling, we've got a, a good one coming up next year. It's Bantamweight, 135 pounds. Uh, and this is going to be kind of like a de facto number one contender fight. I think at this point, both these guys deserve it. Clay Leak, four and one out of the nice guy submission fighting in Evansville, Indiana, teammate of Andrew Havner who we will uh, talk about here in the co-main event. Uh, he is 4-1 and one and a decorated wrestler. Looks like a three-time state qualifier in Indiana uh, and uh, placed uh, two years. He got seventh two years. Uh, he is 4-1, uh, and one, like I said, taking on the 3-1 with one no contest. Michael Cribb out of Nashville MMA. Last time we saw him was on the Nashville card. He beats Kiara West by decision. He's a very technical fighter. Uh, Chris striking, uh, you know, tends to go to decisions. Uh, if he wins, he gets uh, he gets TKOs. It seems like uh, this is uh, going to be this is going to be an interesting one. A, a very good test for both guys. All right, Chad. There is no way in hell that I'm picking against a fellow Indiana wrestler. Let's go, Clay Leak. Hobbs. There is no way in hell that I'm picking the same person Chad picks. I'm going well, right. thanks, Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> right, I will say, here's the thing with Michael Cribb, guys. He fights, though, as if he's got five rounds in 25 minutes. Um, he's got to pick He's got to pick it up in this one. All right, Greg. Uh, how how – uh, shit. So plays a wrestler and Michael Cribb, they never wrestled before ever. I don't know that to be fact, but he hasn't shown a lot of wrestling in his fights. He seems like he wants to strike. I already won a national so, championship. Damn, that's good. Uh, well, he's coming out of a pretty damn good gym up there in National MMA, so. I think he was in Vision Quest or he's been there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I heard he sleeps in a singlet at night. <laughs> oh, damn, that's hot. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I got to go with this. Ain't a rest. I got to go crib. Michael Crib here. All right, Chris. Did you say I've got to go? Did you just say I've got to go with a wrestler and then take Michael Crib? Yes, no, he I did. I got to go. Yes. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. He was. I said Clay was a wrestler. I said, "Hell, I gotta, I gotta go with crib." Oh, okay. Sorry. Love y'all. Crib. All right, Chad, going with Leak. Everybody else with crib. All right, up next we've got Bantamweights. It's the Bantamweight debut of both of these guys, technically. Uh, we've got Dustin Garrett, who is 1-0 and out of D.C. Combat. Murphy, North Carolina, made his debut last show. Very impressive. Uh, showed off some good wrestling against a very, uh, you know, big and muscular uh, uh, Daniel Gary uh, out of the Goon Squad. He was able to take him down and just, like, relentlessly ground and pound for two straight minutes. Like, the motor on this kid is... Uh, something else. It'd be interested to see if he can do that. Uh, if he can do that for the full three rounds, uh, he's taking on uh, the Seagoat, our favorite pirate, Anthony Cochran, who's three and four out of KMAA, and for the first time will be moving down to bantamweight. He's been campaigning as high as one fifty-five. Uh, I think he's going to be shredded up at one thirty-five. Uh, this is going to be a fun fight. Both these guys bring it, you know. And Garrett's motor was super impressive in his debut, and Cochran doesn't really take steps backwards either. All right, Hobbs. Okay, okay. Just so we know, 
Anthony's been 135 before. Because when we were all in quarantine, Anthony was like, you know what? I'm going to do an experimental cut. Oh, wow. Far one day to see yeah. how I feel. <laughs> like, this man's insane. So he cut down to 135 for fun. He knows he, he can do that. it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a new territory for him. He's been oh, wow. That's crazy. And he is shredded. All right, Hobbs. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I waste some of my best intros on the Seagoat. And he just. <laughs> He's, he's, his ship has sunk on me every time I really get into it. Um, but I, I did, I know he's been posting so much here lately and he looks in freaking phenomenal shape. Mm-hmm. So it looks like the time away during all this quarantine shit and COVID shit. And like, he is, you know, he, he, had, he hasn't gotten lazy. He's put in some work cause he looks, looks in great shape. Um, and he's got a fairly green kid coming at one and zero. So, um, yeah, I got Anthony Cochran getting his record back even. Right, or has great. he ever been even? Has it was he ever? He's has he been upside down? I believe at I one believe. point two. I believe at one point he was two and one. Okay, okay, he's gonna get it back. This is the one. Greg, uh, if I'm not mistaken, which I don't have the pictures in front of me right now, but Dustin Garrett was the guy that I made the comment about looking like he was 35 years old. <laughs> and when he come out there, he come out there and he's only like, what, like he's young and but he's, he's like 19. Pretty, he's damn stacked boy. That boy is built. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I'm telling you, dude, uh, I think Dustin Garrett's, uh, I think he's something, he's something a little special to that. Dude. If he can keep that same gas tank he had in his debut against somebody like, Anthony Cochran, which on the contrary there, Anthony Cochran showed off some really impressive wrestling last time he fought. Like he, he got takedown after takedown and it was impressive. Like I even, I personally told him I was impressed. Like I, cause I had to, it was awesome. <laughs> if Anthony Cochran can do that in this fight, I think that he can pull it off, but I want to see Dustin go, go be drug out into the waters, but I'm going to pick Dustin Garrett here. All right, Chris. You don't know mine? You know I mean, I do, but I thought you might want to talk about it. <laughs> no, she was talking about him already making that cut. Yeah. All right, Chad. I think Anthony does drag him out in the deep waters, and I think he wears him out, and Anthony gets the finish. Cochran. All right. Greg took Garrett. Everybody else is Cochran. This next one, I've got circled for a potential fight of the night. Lightweights, 155 pounds. Mitchell Murray, the final representative from the UFC gym in Murfreesboro, 1-0, comes in to face the Honey Badger, Brandon McGee, 2-3, and three, out of Gamma in Greenville. Last time out, we saw Brandon. Uh, he lost to Sam McAlpin by armbar uh, in the first round, and so he's looking to get that uh, taste out of his mouth. He's a guy that always brings it, though. You know, he's he's aggressive, like, typically, and I didn't see that. Aggr- it felt like he was more tentative in his life. Last fight against Sam, so I'd like to see him bring that 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 honey badger mentality. Uh, taking on Mitchell Murray, who uh, the one time we saw him was on the Nashville card. He beat a guy from uh, from Lebanon, from Guardian, and, and from what I recall, that guy was. I mean, he he was beating Mitchell Murray for like two rounds, and then Mitchell Murray just like turned on the gas and like really uh, really did, made a. a, a complete turnaround and finish the other guy in the third round. He's a, uh, he's a savage man. Uh, not, not very technical, but super tough, very good chin and hits hard. This is going to be uh, the makings, I think for, for uh, a fun one. Greg, man, I took honey badger last time. 
and uh, and he he lost to Sammy Calpin, and I hope I hope he's mad enough now uh, to come back and get it get a win here. So I'm gonna have to go with Brandon McGee. All right, Chris. Brandon McGee. Chad. I talked with Brandon after the Sam fight, and he was very disappointed in his performance. And uh, talked to him a little bit since then, and that is that is driving him for this one. I'm going to go with Brandon McGee. Hobbs. Um, shit, Brandon McGee better win if his if his fans are there. They were ridiculous last time. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Damn, <laughs> rioted, man. Most crazy shit. Um. But I agree. McGee's going to come back strong on this one. Um, he's he's going to redeem himself. I don't know what you're eating over there, but it sounds good. Oh man, yeah. Shit. yeah. What are you eating? <laughs> like, listen, it's I don't even know what the hell it is. It's like a chicken and rice, a taco kind of. I don't know, man. This shit's sounds, good. Though. It sounds like you're enjoying it. <clears throat> Everybody took I, McGee on that one. Fucking in a trough. All right. Eating. <laughs> Feature bout time. This one's another fun one. This one uh, just the we just spoke about him, Sam McAlpin himself. Uh, three and six coming out of the PMAC Powell Martial Arts Complex in Hinegar, Alabama, uh, fresh off of the aforementioned win over Brandon McGee with an armbar last time out. This time he'll be taking on uh, a guy that lost in our main event last time. Uh, he was going for the 155 title <laughs> against Carter Beekman, who will be defending that title against Dan Bailey next week. We'll talk more about that next week. But uh, Alan Miller, uh, the Amish assassin, a, a kid that I'm real high on out of uh, Ian Lawler's Somerset Martial Arts. Got caught with that liver shot last time and uh, just wasn't able to to recover. But you know he's a he's a tough kid, uh, tall and well built for the uh, for the weight class. Uh, we talked about his story, you know, escaping uh, essentially the Amish lifestyle in the middle of the night to you know to come pursue this, which is you know I just think it's an awesome story. Uh, you know it's uh, it's going to be a, an action fight. Both these guys are going to want to throw. I don't see either guy really going for takedowns. Um, I'll let you have it, Justin. So I'm going to skip Chris on this one because I'm sure she'll take the lead on at least one of the next two. Okay. So Chad can get us started on this one. All right. Um, I'm impressed with uh, Alan Miller, but, you know, being Sam's former teammate, I've seen him from when he was at heavyweight and fought Frankie, and his striking has done nothing but get better as, as he's he's gotten down in, in the lower weight. Um the knock on Sam, if you will, has always been the ground game. And he pulled off a submission against Brandon McGee on the last time. And if him and Allen decide to stand, uh, I think Sam gets this one. Hobbs? Uh, yeah, man, Sam's, Sam's impressive. I mean, he's the type of guy that, <clears throat> you know, I don't know. Maybe you say you love to hate. Um, I know he's a really good guy, but, I mean, with his antics and his celebration, maybe he can come off, you know, as a bit of an ass to a lot of people. Uh, um, but if you don't see the progression in him, then, then you're, oh, you're not yeah. paying attention. He's, I mean, the first time I ever met Sam was the, the Frankie fight at heavyweight, you know. Um, now the damn guy looks like, I don't know, he's like thinner <laughs> than the damn Stephen King movie. <laughs> um, but I like Sam, man. But you just look at Alan Miller and you just feel like the kids got it. Just something is missing. I don't know what the hell it is because it, it's there. Um, it's just not. It's not equaling wins. Um, 
I don't know. So I, I'm taking Sam. I think he's just fighting for something else. You know what I mean? Like his family, his, I don't know, his name is, I don't He's fighting for some deeper reason and it's, it's working for him right now. So I'm going with Sam. All right, Greg. Um, every time I look at the Amish assassin's name, I always know his story and I'm always intrigued and it makes me want to pull for him. But here's the story. Last time I went against Sam McAlpin and uh, me and Sam McAlpin personally are buddies. And I walked up to him at the Joe to shake his hand. And he walked right by me and said, you fucking bastard. Uh. <laughs> and, didn't turn, and didn't turn back around. and just kept walking. And I was like, wow. And then, uh, and I knew why he said it because I picked against him. And I told him, I said, well, if you win and you beat Brandon, and he said, uh, he, I said, I said, I'll pick you next time. And he said, well, it ain't going to go, it ain't going to last long. But never did I ever think that Sam McCabe was going to hit an arm bar and finish no. you know, submission against Sam McGee. I think the odds probably would have been like plus 200, 2,000. <laughs> that would have been pretty odd. <laughs> but I'm picking, I got to pick Sam here because if I'm not mistaken, you know, Alan Miller just had that title shot, right? Mm-hmm. And Sam's, well, this isn't at 165, isn't it? So, I don't know. He was mentioning something. He's like, I want a title shot. I want a title shot. He's been talking about that damn title. I told that. I told Sam if he knocks off, uh, if he knocks off Alan, then I will give him his wish. Oh, my. Well, let's go, Sam. I got Sam here. All right, Chris. So, you saying, Greg, the reason I got spit on at the end is Sam's like jumping on like a spider monkey and screaming at you. If you picked against him, that's why I spit on. That is why. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> so that, this one's really hard. I actually like watching both of them. Sam just because of the antics and I think he can pull out some crazy things like, I don't know, losing an entire person off his body. Um, <laughs> Alan Miller... I mean, he's young, and you can tell he's frustrated, and you can tell he wants it back. Let's try Alan Miller. Come on, Alan. All right, Chris takes Miller. Everybody else is McAlpin. Alan Miller uh, been training a lot with Junie Browning, who we're going to be seeing uh, making his return to the cage October the third against C four Charlie Alexander. Just uh, and uh, and and word is uh, uh, Junie will be coming to corner Allen this weekend, and uh, C four will be in town cornering Michael Cribb. So we might have a photo op. Hopefully, we might. Have, uh, Greg, you might have to facilitate. You might have to uh, be the ringleader for for that. You mean like the? Oh, what What do you mean? What do I got to do? That yeah, could, that could get uh, that could get violent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Jason in there. We're all four getting caged. What a good time. That's worth the ticket right there. All right, co-main event time, and uh, we spoke with Jason King earlier, and this was a fight that he kind of targeted as a fight that would be a fight of the night contender, and I can't say I blame him. Lightweights, 155 pounds. Uh, Andrew Havener, 7-3 out of nice guy submission fighting. Coming off a win, uh, a technical submission win over Dan Bailey. Uh, very salty amateur. He's He's been around for literally a decade uh, fighting uh, and uh, coming out of a very uh, tough gym up there in nice guy submission. Taking on one of KMA's top amateurs, Garrett Sharp, four and one. He's a guy that's on the verge of making that pro jump. And I, I spoke with Jason earlier, and he was, and I was telling him, you know, this is kind of your perfect opponent to see if you're ready to make that jump to pro or not. Because 
you know, Havner's the kind of guy that you're going to see, you know, right at the cusp of turning pro. So uh, Gary Sharp, an all-action fighter, uh, really excited for this co-main event. All right, I'll let Chris get us started on this one. Oh, Garrett. Um, Garrett's been working his ass off for sure in the gym. And this is not, I know how you pick fights, but I trust Garrett with my dogs. So, like, that should say enough about a person. It's fucking Um, (laughs) So, I'm going to go with Garrett Sharp. I think it's going to be a huge challenge for him. I think this is probably the toughest fight he's going to have, but I think he's ready for it. Chad? I'm going to go with Garrett. He showed a lot of grit and toughness when he beat um, the Honey Badger. Um, and I, I think he'll grind this one out, too. Hobbs? Um, I like I like Havener. He's good. And I hate it when you get, like, way down the card and you realize something you didn't, you, you know, you wish you would have realized earlier. That nice guy's submission, I'm actually familiar with that. That's a, one of Sean Hammond's uh, – Schools, one of his satellite schools. So I know their their submission game and their ground game is really good up there. Um, which now I feel like Greg, you know, just he's fucking the grappling's good. Um, but but Havener's Havener's not. This is a damn good fight, man. Like, I mean, I guess that I mean this would be main event if you didn't have a title okay. fight. That's how good this fight is. Yeah. Um, Fuck, can I pass on this one and come back? Can I? Am I the last, am I the last one? Am I the last one? Or is it? No, Greg, it's you and Greg. Both of y'all want to skip, so somebody got to go. I know. And he's just going to pick the one I picked because he's a fuck. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Havener. All right, Greg. Man, if I look at, if I look at these guys, uh, you know, he's uh, Havner's got a, a win over uh, Daniel Bailey, and uh, that's pretty impressive itself. But if I go and I look at Garrett Sharp, he's got Joel Winters and Brandon McGee under his belt, and his only loss is Andrew Sturdivant from Blaylocks. And that's not really nothing to hang your head about because Andrew's a tough kid. And he's a wrestler. I'm, <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not. He's not. He don't wrestle. Uh, but Garrett. Garrett just keeps on showing, showing he's tough, man. Uh, I gotta go with Garrett here. All right, Hobbs goes to Havner. Everybody else is sharp. All right, main event, middleweight championship on the line. The reigning and defending champion, undefeated Tank Wilson Jr. out of KMAA, five and zero, coming off of a win over Jared Short last time out, where he got to, to go the distance. And show an improved gas tank, which had been kind of the knock on tank up until this point. Everything else is checked out. Uh, but, you know, that gas tank being shored up, uh, the final key to the puzzle before he gets ready to turn pro uh, after this being his last amateur fight. But he's got a tough one in front of him. Another undefeated guy challenging him will be 2 0 Logan Dean out of New Bern, North Carolina, uh, who won on the last show over a very experienced Jason Williams out of Kentucky, a guy that had like. 15 fights or something coming into that fight. Uh, Logan Dean, a very decorated wrestler, multiple time state champion wrestler out of, uh, out of Virginia and wrestles, uh, wrestled at uh, Campbell university in North Carolina. Uh, very soft spoken, uh, but uh, you know, good, good motor on him. And then he's, he's going to be a tough out. You just sold Greg. So we might as well start with him. <laughs> hey, um, shit. Listen, all right. 
the paint, we've already talked about it many times, and that guy's got a knack for violence. And, uh, and it, it, it's something you can't teach to anybody. You just you either got it or you don't. Tank's got it. But, you know, no pun, Tank, if he hasn't been working on his gas tank, then he's not going to He's not gonna, he's not gonna win this one if it goes into deep waters. But, <clears throat> buddy, uh, I'm telling you, Logan Dean might be multiple time state champion, but he is there to get hit. And I watched his last fight; it was impressive. I watched the fight before that; it was impressive. So, but I mean, it, he's there to get hit. That's what I'm worried about, man. And I'm trying to sit here. I don't know. I'm gonna make me go first on this one. Let's see here. I just think I think Tank. Uh, let's go with the wrestler. I've been doing it all night. Right? I'll go with Logan Dean. Woo wee! Big surprise. Uh, yeah. Chris. Tank. Tank for sure. Uh, gas tank is there. I had to carry this man's ass around Frankie's parking lot like five different times last week. I'm ready now, and he's ready. <laughs> um, also, like. He's had probably the best camp. I mean, cutting out toxic people in his life, getting straight with everything he needs to get straight with, wrestling over and say Prue day after day. Like, this man ready. No doubt. Chad? I think both of their wrestling will kind of cancel each other out. Um, I second what Chris said. I've watched Tank get some work in working on his gas tank. I think where Tank has the advantage is the striking. He's been doing it a little bit longer. Um, all said, I think Tank striking out does it. We'll take Tank. Well, those three were obvious. The only one I wasn't sure about was Hobbs. What do you got, Hobbs? Well, I usually don't listen to a fucking thing, Greg. <laughs> but I will say, I agree with him totally. Logan Dean's head is going to be there all night for Tank to connect with. Not a lot of head movement. It, he's just... He's going to think he can take it, and he, I don't think he can. I think that's where that's where it's going to come back and bite him in the ass. Is just no head movement, and um, and he's not going to he's not going to be able to withstand that. So I'm taking Tank Wilson. All right, everybody taking Tank except for Greg. All right, that'll do it for this card. I appreciate everybody sitting in and giving your picks. Uh, of course, this all goes down once again uh, this Friday night now, uh, Saturday, or I'm sorry, Fridays, uh, the September the 4th at the World Famous Cotton Night Joe. You can watch it live on pay-per-view at bfcmma.com. You can hear Greg and Christina calling the action there. And then if you can make it there live, of course, get your tickets at fighterticks, ticks with an X.com, and select your favorite fighter so they get credit for uh, uh, for, the, for the sale. Uh, once again, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in this week. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, keep this thing going. We will see you guys next week on the Valor Hour. Tim Loy, I'm out. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. I've seen this comment over the past couple of days from the MMA, you know, Twitter uh, sphere, where and and look, I, I totally agree with this. Is that we are right now in a era of the UFC where 
it is much more about quantity amount of fights as opposed to quality amount of fights. To me, I think the UFC is putting on this card more than anything else to fulfill their obligations to get the television money they want from ESPN. And, and I've seen people kind of with this point of like, the UFC is not motivating people to watch events live where they're like, you know what? I'll watch it after the fact. I can, you know, fast forward through all the commercials, all the filler content, and I can just watch the fight. And Daniel, I can't blame a fan if that is their mentality. Look, I make money in terms of my coverage of MMA, you know, so I'm going to be watching these fights because of what I do over at awesome.com with when in terms of daily fantasy, but I don't blame any fan who says, you know what? The UFC is not giving me a reason to watch it live. Yeah. I mean, look, if you're a, a fan of multiple sports, if you're a fan of basketball, for instance, and it, it, it's really easy, the choice you're going to have on Saturday, you're going to choose the NBA playoffs over, uh, over in versus Kai. I mean, I mean, th- this upcoming fight card is one of the worst fight cards we've had all year, and I it, I hate to say that, and I, I because like every single fighter that's fighting on this fight card is talented and they're working their butt off, but I call it how I see it, and there's only one fighter or two fighters. I would say there's two fighters that people know: Alistair Overeem and to some extent Ovin St. Pru. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.